Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. I serve as special counsel to your raising, defending, undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, Roman Reigns. And these people are a drag on my time asking me to remind you that you're listening to talk. I don't even know what the name of the show is. Talk wrestling, wrestling talk. It doesn't matter to me. And you know why? Because I don't listen to it and neither should you. You're listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast on the Fight Night feed with Talk Sport. And what better way to start off our new podcast than being buried by a legend of wrestling in Paul Heyman. It is WrestleMania week and we have an absolutely huge show coming up for you. We're going to be speaking with the man main eventing nights to Daniel Bryan, part of that triple threat five-time WWE champion. We'll speak with the first ever British WWE heavyweight champion in Drew McIntyre and the game himself, Triple H, joins the show. We'll also preview the showcase of the Immortals with What Culture's Simon Miller. That's all coming up on the Talk Wrestling Podcast. You're listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast here on the Fight Night feed with Talk Sports. If you're not familiar with the show already, on Talk Sport 2 every Monday night, the only show on national radio bringing you the best of the graps of the wrestling, of the sports entertainment with myself, Will Gavin, and Talk Sports Wrestling Czar, Alex McCarthy. And finally, Al, they've let us loose in podcast form. If you love wrestling, you've come to the right place because Will and I have been holding it down for the past year or so with Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2. And now you don't just have to go to the TalkSport app, although you should to listen to the show. To find it, you don't have to go there and do the catch-up. You can now listen to us on podcast format. Hopefully WrestleMania season all goes well. We've got amazing guests on the show this week as Will and I will dive into. And man, that is just for starters, because next week we've got a show reviewing WrestleMania. And you guys can, you know, it's going to live forever, Will. The podcast, <laughs> you'll always be able to get it. 
So, so that's it. For right now, we have this new podcast. It's here uh, for this week for our WrestleMania special and for next week as well for our WrestleMania review show. We have phenomenal guests for you this week in five-time WWE champion Daniel Bryan, in the first ever British WWE heavyweight champion Drew McIntyre, and in Trips himself, the game Triple H, who spoke with Al this past week, plus Simon Miller from What Culture, who on our radio show previews every WWE pay-per-view with us and the occasional AW one as well and that's something to say about the show if you want to be tuning in regularly and if this is successful maybe we'll be a regular podcast as well is we don't just cover wwe this will be because it's a mania podcast but AEW, new japan tna and impact uh, and beyond as well we've done stuff with blood sport progress like gcw all sorts and so it really is the best kind of source for for top tier interviews and, and some great reviews and news on the world of wrestling I mean, I've stayed bullish, Will. I've stayed bullish with this assertion that we are among the best in the industry when it comes to wrestling and shows because we have the best interviews week in, week out. Obviously, you get the analysis of Will and I, whether you like it or not, but (laughs) you will get top-rate interviews. There is no question about that. And we have set the table here with Daniel Bryan, Drew McIntyre. Obviously, Simon Miller is going to be here as well. And Triple H talking to me ahead of take over stand and deliver but we haven't just loaded up just for this show where we have a history of it right like put we had a show with paul Heyman and the undertaker right on one show ken shamrock joined us live that show as well god damn like you name it we've spoken to them and we intend to keep it coming and this podcast is a fantastic way for us to keep the ball rolling and make it easier for you guys to tune in and listen to do you know the best wrestling interviews in the game if we do say so ourselves and just so you know as well as the monday show on talk sport 2 this saturday and sunday in the build-up to wrestlemania from midnight to from sorry 10 p.m till midnight uh, each night saturday and sunday we will be bringing you a full big preview of that night's action on the sunday a review we'll be taking your calls on the phones your tweets getting listeners involved getting journalists involved it's going to be top stuff so without further ado let's get into what we do best and let's talk some wrestling and we kick things off with the first ever British WWE World Heavyweight Champion. 300 days as champion, two title reigns, 14 title defences, and yet he has never performed as champion in front of fans. When he hopefully kicks off night one of WrestleMania this year, it'll be exactly what he's doing when he wins the belt off Bobby Lashley. That's my hope at least. Uh, And uh, Al caught up with him this past week. Welcome back to Talk Sport 2. This is... Talk wrestling, and it is WrestleMania week nonetheless, the biggest week of the year for this show. And it would only be right if we rolled out the biggest guest that we possibly could. And it would only be right to bring out UK's finest, the first British WWE champion ever, vying to become the third, not the third, but the three time WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. How are you, my man? Oh, I'm absolutely fabulous and buzzing. Buzzing in my mind. We've got fans back in media. You know, I told uh, TalkSport, oh, I'm getting Drew on again today. And they said, well, why don't we just get Ali to do it? We don't even need you anymore. <laughs> well, as much as I enjoy talking to you, buddy, I may have to say yes to Ali every single time. <laughs> Listen, I couldn't be mad at it. I couldn't be mad at it. Uh, you just said it yourself there as well. WrestleMania, uh, night one, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. Fans back in the building, man. Like, I have to ask because it's the hot topic of debate. Night one. Okay, they're talking about the main event. Is it going to be Drew and Bobby or is it going to be Bianca and Sasha? Now, here's the thing. It's a big thing, right? To be the first person out, maybe, in front of the returning crowd. Um, 
would that be incentive for you as well to be the first match on the card, WWE title, to be the first one that the fans get to see? Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of people with a lot of headlines. Drew said this and Drew said that, and maybe I did at certain points <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know what was going on at that particular time, whatever time of the year it was. But uh, the way I honestly feel is it's WrestleMania. If you're on WrestleMania, every single match is a huge match. Every single match is realistically a main event. Um, but at the same time, if you're fighting for the WWE Championship, which I'm lucky to be doing for the second year in a row, you generally want to be in the last match. That's tradition, mm-hmm. the title match. However, this year is so unique in the sense of we've not had the fans there for the last year, that we have them back in the building. They're going to be rabid. They've got those pent-up reactions. They're ready to explode and unleash upon the world. And the first person that walks out there is going to get hit with a pretty cool reaction in that first match too. Never great for the rest of the show. So I'm honestly torn, and I'd be happy either way. Like uh, the first match is going to be so unique; it's going to probably go down in history for the reactions of the crowd. And at the same time, it is tradition to close the show with the title match. So I'll be happy either way. It would be nice, though. I mean, this is me talking. I feel like you know, for someone who carried the WWE title and did so well throughout 2020, and you didn't get to get the uh, well, whatever the reaction would be from the fans, it would be nice, right, to to be that first guy. Oh, 100%. Um, like, I, I, I think about, I've only realized this recently. Like, I won my first title, obviously, at WrestleMania in the Performance Center with uh, no fans there. I won my second title in the Thunderdome uh, with our virtual fans there and kind of a wife and the little screen in the background, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And then now to go for my third title and the, the new era, I guess, which is having the fans back, it'd be really, really cool um, to win the title with the fans back in the building um, and be it again, first or last, I'll be happy either way. To be honest, I'll be happy like third or fourth. I'm fighting for the title at WrestleMania for goodness sake. That's what I've always wanted to do my yeah. whole life. And I'm doing it for the second year. I'll be happy either way. But yeah, both of those matches are just so, so big. But walking out first, that's going to be a heck of a reaction. Yeah. And like, it would be, it would be fairy tale stuff if Drew McIntyre could win the title in front of fans and, you know, kind of, I don't want to call it right the wrong of last year, but you know what I mean in terms of being able to have that moment with the fans. The thing is, Bobby Lashley is going to hell of a lot of momentum, right? Like out of nowhere almost, um, you know, he's had a tremendous year or so, even from going back to the belt you guys had last year, which I thought was was great on pay-per-view. And now here we are again, but roles reversed. Bobby's in the driving seat per se. Uh, What what do you make of his surge to that position? In my humble opinion, it was long overdue, to be honest. Yeah, it is long overdue. And the stars have to align sometimes. The final pieces have to fall together, wherever they may be. And um, be it, you know, myself uh, right before Rumble in 2020, kind of putting those final pieces together, just being the real Drew, showing my real personality, telling my real story, and fans getting behind that. Or Lashley teaming up with MVP and that fantastic pairing, getting Lashley right on track and putting those final pieces together to who he was going to be. And the journeys we've both had, all the ups and downs, um, been pretty much the chosen ones. I mean, I was literally named the chosen one. But yeah. lastly, also, big WrestleMania match against Omega, Donald Trump, Vincent Mann, shaving Vince's head. Mm-hmm. But things didn't work out. We had to go away. We had to like really find ourselves, start reaching that potential that um, was like so much was expected of us so young. And we did find ourselves. We had huge matches outside the company. We came back to WWE. We worked our way up the card. And the fact that we're both fighting 
for the WWE title at WrestleMania in a throwback match, a heavyweight clash with two elite performers is really, really cool. To see the momentum Lashley's gained is really cool too. And to see fans get behind him. The, the whole presentation is so cool with the, the Hurt business, the act with MVP and Lashley. And I would have been surprised if fans are vocal positively for him. And I'd be fine with that. Like as long as people care, as long as they're invested, as long as they're unsure who's going to win, that's what makes like a really great match, a really great feud. And I think that from what I've seen online anyway, that's what's going on right now. Like mm-hmm. a few of the matches I've been in over the past year, like aside maybe like a Randy Orton for the past, hey, for the four months we were working, people were kind of like, okay, I think Drew's going to win this one. This is kind of clear where this one's going. Right now, people are unsure. Momentum's on both sides. And I think people are just going to be reacting however it comes from, from their gut. That's all I care is. If they care, I care. And I'm glad you said great story because, um, man, the stuff you and Seamus did uh, this year and well, it's, it's the story extended into last year was really, really great. Like not only were the matches great, but as a European or a Brit, you know, I felt it a bit more. I like to think, um, is there, I mean, two problems. As much as me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, two, two prong question, man. Like, um, what was the reception like, um, to the matches you guys had? Cause you know, it was a, another level of brutality and you know, it was awesome to see. Uh, and two, like it, it, between you two, is it a little bit gutting that you didn't take it to Mania? Because I know there were some fans that really loved the story and they thought actually for the title and the work Seamus has done the past year, that might have been cool. Yeah, that would have been really cool um, if we were able to take it to Mania. Like, but we're just grateful that we got the chance to have um, a series of matches with three and each time was so positively received um, by the fans, by everyone backstage. Like, it was unbelievable. Uh, We've not had a significant singles match since FCW, which was like 10, 11 years before our first match on Raw. Uh, We really had some significant time to tell a great story. And we're just grateful we had that opportunity. We had that first match that was... A, just a wrestling match if you can call it that we, was it <laughs> yeah like, but that's the thing like we, we bring a level of physicality that not a lot of people are willing to bring and we want people to go oh my goodness like do these guys like it even like each other like is this real ever that i thought i knew about wrestling like it's just got thrown out the window and more importantly that's how the fans feel but the the new fans the dads sitting there with their kids who are just like oh god i gotta watch the wrestling whatever they're like oh my goodness this mcintyre and sheamus this looks like ufc or boxing or something i want to keep watching these guys so that was really cool you know to grab everyone's attention like that and then to go to the no dq match take the physicality to another level (laughs) really lay into each other and you saw the pictures of our backs from the kendo stick shots and the forearms to the back that wasn't just stick shots that was also it's hitting each other and then finally with the the big pay-per-view match at Fastlane to get that build-up video that really told our story over the past 20 years I wish I never watched it before the match that was emotional as hell (laughs) yeah (laughs) like watching that and it got us where we needed to get to but man it brought back a lot of memories and the journey we've both been on and been on together watching that right before we went out and just the case of <laughs> we'll say sorry later, buddy. We're about to beat the hell out of each other and entertain a lot of people and to take it to another level in the third match, you know, with the build-up video, with the cool face paint, like going to war and really laying into each other, telling that compelling story, finishing knowing we've done something really cool here, we've done it together, and to come to the back and for the third time in a row to see everybody back there, you know, standing and applauding. And there's no greater compliment in this industry than the you know, respect and positive feedback um, of your peers and colleagues. And that's a really cool feeling. And to do it with your best buddy um, is really, really cool. 
So yeah. we'll get to do it again in the future, be on the same team or as opponents. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it, man. I know we've only got a couple of minutes left here, so I'm just going to cram a couple in. Uh, I love the segment from this Monday that just went past where you were backstage and you oh, were yes. calling guys, talking to them. Who was the brainchild, Drew? I need to know. Is this something you kind of fought for? Because it really spoke to the character that you were when you first came back, where you were like, I'm going to send a jolt in this locker room. And that's really what it felt like. I loved it. It reminded me of like prime Drew McIntyre, which you are, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, like... Uh... McIntyre with an edge, um, and, and I need a reason to go there. Like I don't yes. want to just go there. Like, um, like I'm just this guy in general. Like happy, love WWE, lovely, love to be champion, love to represent the company. But if you give me a reason, I'm going to fire up. I'm going to show that edge. And there was a reason. Like Lashley put the a bounty on me. If you take me out, you take my place to fight for the title at WrestleMania. Everybody's goal, or should be everybody's goal, is on the roster. So if I show up to the building expecting to be dropped sit there for two hours, nobody's <laughs> taking me out, then that's the motivation for the character. That I go into the locker room and people are just sitting around playing on their phones and like most of them aren't on WrestleMania. So it gives me an opportunity to kind of say how I feel from a character perspective, but also perhaps how Drew feels just being on the journey that I've been on. Yeah. Was, I mean, I was younger. If I had that opportunity, I would have dropped me the second I got in the door. But then I go into some actual you know, um, things that perhaps Drew feels was, hey, like if you, you've you got to work hard. That's how things happen around here. I know because I've had to do it myself. I've been in a position where I'm eating Kieran every week and I'm getting, like I never went online and complained, but getting online and saying, I need a push brother and then I'll be at the top is not how things happen. <laughs> like per, I think it was Metallic was on his phone and I saw him, it wasn't planned. I just went with it. Like you get things trending, that's what opportunities happen now and make comments online. I just was working with what I had in the room and kind of just trying to feel it from a character perspective, but it is how I feel as well, just because I know like what I've been through and I've been there and I know sometimes you get jaded and think, well, things are going to work out. But the truth is it's because you're not giving it your all. And that's the way I was. I wasn't giving it my all. It took me getting fired and having to look myself in the mirror to realize, oh my goodness. So you could have been working in so many different areas to stand out and you weren't. And when I got back to the company, I promised myself I'd never let that happen again. So as much as it was some truths for McIntyre, there was also some truths for Galloway in there. And it certainly was coming from here. And I was set up to do the the interview, but let's just say a lot of the words weren't in any script that I was saying. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I thought it was, and it spotlighted some great people too. I, I loved it. Home run. I know I've got to let you go, mate, because you're a busy guy. It's, you know, WrestleMania week approaching and all of that good stuff. I just want to say before we go, a chosen destiny, right? Uh, that uh, is, yes. you know, it your works. book. I just want to quickly show back in. When can people get it? Well, you can get it, I believe, on April 28th in the UK. Uh, I He's got it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe uh, April 28th in the UK. And uh, America is the easy one to remember. It's May the 4th be with you. It comes out in America. Um, so it's really exciting it's crazy I, when I was a kid I read all the books Foley's book was the first book I ever read from beginning to end in four days and that's a big ass book yes. it was the first book I ever read I read every wrestling book when I was a kid and I did, I've got my own book now and it's not just my story it is my story but when you know, um, I tried to write it from a perspective that anyone could read it wrestling fan or non-wrestling fan it's more about you know trying to inspire people especially during these times we've been in that if you have a goal if you have a dream uh, trust me, like if you put the work in, you block out that negativity, you're accountable to that person in the mirror, you surround yourself 
with positive people and you keep believing um, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you can do literally anything in life. And that's what my goal is with the book is just to inspire people. So check it out. It also says Britain's first WWE champion right in the corner. (laughs) Right there. You can't miss it. Uh, April 28th then in the UK. Can't wait, Drew. And of course, at the beginning of April, April 10th, we're going to see you hopefully lift the WWE title once again. So thank you very much for joining TalkSport today, Drew. Always a pleasure. Thank you, buddy. Take care. The wonderful Drew McIntyre speaking with our very own Alex McCarthy. Uh, We'll be talking about Drew's match where we hope it comes on the card and discussing that interview with Simon Miller coming up a little bit later in the show. Triple H still to come as well. If you ever want to listen to Talk Wrestling, just a reminder, every Monday night on TalkSport 2 for the two-hour edition of our show where we look at a lot more beyond just the world of WWE. But right now, let's hear from the man who we think will be main eventing night two of WrestleMania, having been added into that triple threat with Edge and Roman Reigns. Five-time WWE champion Daniel Bryan. Alex caught up with him earlier this month and they began by talking about facing Roman Reigns at Fastlane and the development in Reigns' character over the last year. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I came back from retirement, there was was a handful of matches that I really, really wanted. And I thought the one thing that would be the, the, the biggest one, the top one on my list, was a match with Roman Reigns. And I was... And I wasn't envisioning the Roman Reigns that we have now. The Roman Reigns that we have now is absolutely incredible. I think, you know, he from a physicality standpoint, from what he brings to the ring, he's uh, and what he's bringing from a character perspective. Like, I think he's the best performer in the Thunderdome era, you know, as far as WWE goes. Mm-hmm. And and I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, to see where I stand on Sunday. He's bringing a whole new level of physicality. Like I wrestled him last. Uh, last month at the Elimination Chamber, and he smashed me. <laughs> so <laughs> I got I, I to gotta come back and do some smashing back. I got to redeem myself. I got I to gotta, I gotta smash his face a little bit. <laughs> I believe, Daniel. I believe. Uh, and obviously, at the end of the proverbial rainbow, could be a match with Edge. Now, I like to talk about this match. Like, once upon a time, it was super impossible. Then you came out of retirement, and it was impossible. Then he came out of retirement, and it was possible. And now it's like, we need it, right? So we've gone, yeah. from, we've gone from the end of the spectrum to the other. Um, that must be salivating to you as well, right? Yeah. So uh, Edge is somebody who I've really looked up to my entire career as, as somebody who's such an incredible performer. And the I think the story of two guys who are both forced to retire, uh, kind of both at their peaks, right? Yep. So like yep. he, he, had, uh, he had just won the... I think it was the w- the World Heavyweight Championship, or he had retained it at WrestleMania and then was forced to retire. And now we're like 10 years on. And and yeah, I think it's just that there's a really cool story there. There's also, like, uh, I got to wrestle him once, I think, for four minutes. Uh, <laughs> on, and it was it's actually a, kind of a funny story. It was the first time I used Ride of the Valkyries for WWE, right? Oh, really? but, I didn't, but I didn't know. So I didn't know. So it's like... Uh, so Edge is already out there in the ring. This is a raw match. Miz is on commentary. And uh, the Billy Kidman, the timekeeper, is like, Brian, do you have new music? I said, I don't know. Is it? And then as soon as, the, as, soon as I said, is it, it hit. And it wasn't the version that you, that you have now. It was like a much, much lamer version. And I, I walked and I was like, oh, no. And I walked out. And then the whole, all the crowd was like, what is this? And Edge <laughs> is like, what is this? And Miz on commentary was literally like, what on earth is this? <laughs> so hopefully if i get to wrestle edge at wrestlemania we don't have a what is this moment 
<laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you know, funnily enough, speaking about WrestleMania and how the card's filling out and whatnot, I spoke to Cesaro the other day. Now, you two did great work earlier this year, you know, storied past and all of that. I think it's very interesting. We, we all hear about Daniel Bryan in production meetings. Lo- people love to attribute things to you, like, you know, the Drew Gulak work together and stuff like that and how you champion for people backstage. Um, I, I just wanted to, to get your perspective on that, really, like having a say, as it were, on SmackDown. Like, how is it, I guess, um, watching the things that you love play out? Like, how does that compare to being a performer, I guess? You know, that could be your life after wrestling. Yeah, so, it, you know, it's it's interesting because it's not... Uh, so, one, I don't have that big of a say. So, I <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes, you know, it's interesting we have... Uh, something really great will happen on SmackDown and somebody will say like, Oh, that's Daniel Bryan. It's like, that's not me. That's like one that's well, one part, our performers, we have incredible superstars. I think like, yeah. for example, uh, like Cesaro's to me, Cesaro is a no brainer. I didn't, you know, like when you say like, Oh, Daniel Bryan helped Cesaro. No, all I said, Hey, this guy's really good. We should put him on TV and use him. Right? <laughs> like Apollo Cruz. Like we like, uh i don't have anything to do with the apollo crew stuff he's just great right and so it's like you know and so it's uh so but it is it is rewarding to see people that you know are talented get opportunities and knock it out of the park right like Mm -hmm. that's and there's a certain joy to that um what i william regal is my uh is has been my mentor in wrestling for years and one of the things that he's told me is that being a mentor to a handful of people has actually been more rewarding than the actual wrestling. And don't, he said, don't get me wrong. I love the wrestling part and he wishes he could still do it, but being a mentor has really is very fulfilling, you know? And so, so yeah, there, there is something to that, the idea of helping other people. And I think that's from a human perspective, like we all want that, like at the end of the day, you know, for a long time, I think when you're young, you're like, I want to achieve this. I want to achieve this. I want to achieve this. And then as you get older, you're like, I want to help here and I want to help here. And um, it's it's just a different perspective. I think it's very cool, though, because I think we can all agree that SmackDown has gone to its probably best level in a long time these last maybe nine months or so. And you've got people like Big E. I know you've spoken in the past of your admiration for him pushed to a new level. Cesaro and Shinsuke have kind of come out from the cold this year and they're wrestling more. And you have to imagine that all of those factors add up like, you know, these are all talents that that you must admire greatly. Yeah. Sorry. My, my wife just called. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's so weird. I have to hit the, I have to hit the decline button and I'm like, Oh no, am I going to get in trouble? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really cool seeing these people, you know, and people I've known for years. Like I roomed with Shinsuke Nakamura in 2003. I mean, that mm. just exposes how old we both are. Right. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like, uh, you know, and I, I've known Cesaro since like 2003 or 2004, right? Like, you know, we one of the cool things about some of these things is, uh, and that I love about the WWE locker room is that there are so many of these people that I've essentially grown up with, right? Like they're like, I've become a man. Like we were, we were all kind of children playing at pro wrestling. And then we've grown up and become men together. Like Sammy, Sammy Zayn, Seth Rollins just had kids this year, right? Like, now we're fathers, you know, like that sort of thing. It's a, it's a cool thing to grow and do this uh, with people, but yeah, there is, there is, it is cool seeing how great SmackDown's become. And I also want to say part of that, that has nothing to do with me. That's just somebody who sees performance and saw 
performance in the Thunderdome in a different way than I would have ever thought it. And it brings it to a whole new level is Roman Reigns, right? Like there's, he's the character work and the, the way that he's worked since returning and being in the Thunderdome, I think has improved the quality of our television a great deal. Yeah. Can't argue with that at all. I do want to talk about a couple of, you know, standout moments in your career that I've always wanted to sink your teeth into a little bit. Now, we all know WrestleMania 30, right? That's kind of associated as the Daniel Bryant moment, the legendary picture at the end. But I feel not that it's forgotten, but the opener with Triple H is legitimately one of the best openers you could, you know, ever. You know, I know we got Brett Owen and all of the great stuff, but uh, Daniel Bryant, Triple H is definitely an awesome match. I mean, how was that putting that together and, because it kind of, I guess, is overshadowed by the amazing achievement in the main event. Um, how proud are you of that one? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that. And you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because that was, it's in, when you and when I envision myself wrestling somebody like Triple H, what I want is I want a mix of styles, right? I don't want it to be a Triple H match, and I don't want it to be a Daniel Bryan match. I want us both to bring what the best parts of each of us and bring it to the table. And I think that's what we actually got. Like, and I, you know, you get the things that Hunter's great at, right? Like all the attention to detail, he's vicious and all these kind of things, but he also gave me a tiger suplex, which I don't know if he's ever done before. Right. (laughs) So it's like, you know, and then the, you know, and then the fire and then some of the, the new generation type stuff, as far as different, different sorts of action and that sort of thing. So, yeah. So I was, I was really, really proud of that one. And, um, the what's interesting when I think of WrestleMania 30 too, is that like, I was going through a ton of like neck pain at the time I had to have neck surgery a little over a month after. And so I would be remiss to say if, uh, if I didn't, uh, thank Jamie Noble, who was like our producer for that Jamie Noble, he and I have been friends for years and all that kind of stuff, but he's like, he's my go-to guy. He's my, he's my producer. There was a, a period of time where I was having all this shooting pain down my arm and it was just like a real struggle. And I was doing like media all the time. And then like having all these different segments backstage, like without Jamie, there helping me to make sure my stuff was good. Right. Like, and he, he knows, he knows everything I do and he knows things that I don't do that I can do. And he's yeah. like, Hey, Hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? And like, he, it's been such a blessing having him, as like a, he's kind of like, I don't want to say he's my producer. He's like, he produces a lot of my stuff, but he was, he was, he was our producer for, uh, for that match. And, and without him, I mean, there's been a lot of moments that I, that I wouldn't have had that, uh, that are, that are cool. So, you know, um, Seth Rollins says that too about Jamie Noble. He says he has a lot. Um, everyone has great words for Jamie Noble, uh, Brock Lesnar as well. Survivor series. Um, I love this match because it was one of them that, when you looked at the landscape of who Brock Lesnar hadn't faced, right? It was very intriguing and you just become the planet's champion. Um, it was a very cool moment, really. Like, uh, you know, everyone kind of lost us for that big Lesnar match, it seems. So when you finally got it, how pleased with you, how it turned out and working with Brock? Yeah, so I was thrilled. I was, I was absolutely thrilled. You know, I'd wanted the Brock Lesnar match for a long time. But how I always envisioned it was babyface Daniel Bryan. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yes, and Daniel Bryan, underdog Daniel Bryan versus the the killer Brock Lesnar. But I had literally just become the planet's champion and kicked AJ Styles in the nuts. And so I was just like, so I was just like, it was a really weird thing. And uh, and I think the weirdness of it also made it made it fun and made it uh, more pleasurable for me. Like uh, like 
one of the things and wrestling Brock Lesnar, I don't think anybody really appreciates how great Brock Lesnar is and the mind that he brings to wrestling. And I also think that one of the things, and from a character perspective, I've said this, say I'm like talking smack or whatever, but it's, but it's actually not true is I think Brock Lesnar really loves this. He just also loves farming and he loves being at home and he's, he's not going to do it. He's not going to, he's not going to do it just because he likes doing it. He's going to do it because Hey, you need to pay me to do it if I'm going to put my body on the line, right? That sort of thing. But, but when he, his eyes light up when he does it, right? That's the thing. And you, uh, and that that match is something that I'm really, really proud of. And also, it it was a test for me. Like I don't think there's ever been anybody in the history of WWE who's been more excited to take a German suplex from Brock Lesnar than me. <laughs> Just to be like, okay, let's see, we we. We gotta, we gotta see what I got here. Am I good? <laughs> yeah. German suplex. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I think we were collectively terrified. <laughs> we'll yeah. like, please, please. Um, but yeah, it was, I hope he comes back. I mean, I'm sure he will, but um, I hope that he does sooner rather than later. Um, you know, I'm gonna pack some questions here in at the end because I know we don't have long, just a couple of minutes. Um, you keep saying, much to my chagrin, this could be your last WrestleMania. This could be your last shot. Um, where are you at mentally in terms of where your career is? Because I'm obviously selfishly like, no, don't do that, Daniel Bryan. Um, and then your wife is talking about maybe a comeback as well. You know, is, is it one out and one in? What's going on? Well, <laughs> well so I don't think my, my wife would come back probably until like maybe next year or something if she does, you know. But um, but yeah, I think her and her sister want to do something like together. Like, uh, you know, now that with the whole time that they wrestled, there was no women's tag team championships and that, you know, and to them, that's really cool. So, so yeah, that, that may happen. Um, for me, you know, uh, my contract is up soon and that sort of thing. And so it's really just an evaluation of how, what's more important to me uh, going out and doing this thing that I love every week, but being away from my family, being away from my w- wife and kids three days a week when they're at this, uh, and they're at this stage that you don't ever get back. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, I think it's a little bit different uh, when they get to be like when they're in school and all that kind of stuff. And, and time isn't as slow as it is now, but like, we're not having any more kids and our boy is seven months and our daughter, I mean, she's going to turn four in May and it's it's been so fast and you, you don't want to lose that time. Like as a human, like these, like there are certain things that you can't ever get back. I don't want to be, when I get home on Saturdays, a lot of times, you know, I'm exhausted. So I, what I do is I hate coffee, right? I I never drank coffee before we had our daughter. And, uh, and all of a sudden it's just like, okay, down this cold brew, down this cold brew. ah, Cause I want to, I want to have energy and I want to show up for my kids, but I don't want to have to be hyper caffeinated to do that. I want to be there that, uh, I want to be there for them like that every day. And so those are the kind of things that I'm battling around. It's like, okay, what do you love personally? But then also what do you love? Like what's the most important thing? And, uh, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's really the, the struggle that I'm, that I'm dealing with right now. What's more important, you know, like, uh, because one of the other things is, is, Hey, from a financial perspective, you can set up your kids for the rest of your life. Right. So Mm -hmm. you could do that. But the trade-off is, is that you don't get to be there for them every day. And so, so what's, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. I I mean, but but as far as, as far as hard questions, 
that's a really that's a really blessed hard question to have right? yeah like that, absolutely that's, yeah that's not like, a that's not a that's not a poor me hard question that's like a, a really cool question to have so I, I can't understand obviously given how busy you are but i have a four and a two-year-old two girls so i get it that you know how the dilemma of wanting to split work and, and being with them as well but um of course not half as busy as daniel bryan um but what i will finish on very final question. I'm going to assume and I'm going to hope there will be other WrestleManias. And if there was, what's the ideal opponent? You know, we spoke about Edge being exciting and, you know, but I'm imagining that in the mind of Daniel Bryan, the, uh, you know, the constant wrestling mind, there must be some guys that you would have, you know, a dream time with. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, gosh, it's, it, it's, it's hard to say one, mm. you know, um, actually, I think if I could do a match 10 years from now, Wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. If, if I could do a match 10 years from now, and this is assuming that I'm still capable of doing it and that he progresses to a, a, a level like that. One of the things that I think would be really cool. I've just recently started, uh, you know, uh, William Regal's son, Bailey Matthews was just on the NXT UK I see show. Him. Right? Yes. Uh, and so, uh, and you know, for his experience level, he's doing really, really well. Um, one of the things, so I loved being able to wrestle William Regal, uh, the times that I did in WWE, mm -hmm. but he, I don't, I don't think anybody appreciates. I don't want to say, I don't think anybody appreciates. I it's, he has affected my career so much like in, in what he's given to me and has never asked for anything from me. Right. And so, uh, like I have an infinite amount of respect for him. Right. One of the things that would be cool is to be able to do something with his son, right? At a huge level like that. Like, I think that would be, uh, given how much, like I wouldn't be where I'm at without William Regal, right? Mm. So so to me, I think that's, that's a really cool one. Um, there's also this, this idea of, of taking, of doing something like with Cesaro or somebody like that. Somebody who's just, just, hey, we've grown up together. We've become adults together. Let's just do one cool, big ass WrestleMania match. Let's tear the house down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just throw it all out there. And then, uh, and then, I mean, the, 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 another one too, that I've, that I've always wanted and never been able to do is Shawn Michaels. Cause he, he trained me. And I just think the story there would be, would be really cool. So, so those are, those are three. I mean, I could throw out like, like Pete Dunn, uh, oh, wow, yeah. Tyler, Tyler Bates, Walter, right? Like those kind of guys. Like those are all guys that I'd, I'd love to do a big match with Big E, like on a pay per view. I mean, there's all these. There's, I mean, I you start talking to me about who I want to <laughs> wrestle. Insane list, and, and, and it's yeah, it's all of a sudden the floodgates open, and then we have like uh, uh, too many people and all that kind of stuff. You'll, you'll you know, never retire, never. Yeah, I'll never <laughs> retire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another one. You know, I, you know who I really want to have a, a a big singles match with, and uh, and I don't know when or where this could happen, but would be Kyle O'Reilly, right? Wow, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like you know, I, I think that some of the stuff that he's doing with jujitsu and grappling and stuff like that is so cool. And so it's like some of the stuff that we could do, and I'm like, oh god, yeah. 
Yeah, why'd you have to get me started? I know. I, I, I hate that I have to let you go. I mean, yeah, I want to talk about Daniel, uh, sorry, Pete Dunn and Carlo Riley, man. The matches they were having, they were absolutely killer on NXT. Uh, they were right up, yeah, your, yeah. Right up your yeah, alley. Yeah. <sighs> well, 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 so, uh, yeah, I think I can, like, say, like, hey, we, you know, we can we can have one more, like, I can have one more <laughs> sentence, you know, like, I think I can do that. But, like, uh, yeah. but uh, Pete Dunn, you know, just did this promo about, um, it was really good. He talked about how he thinks he's the best best wrestler in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it gets you to thinking, like, there's... Because I would say that when I was in Ring of Honor in, like, 2005, 2006, 2007, and all that kind of stuff, and I was in my 20s. And it's like, yeah, yeah, these are guys who are... They're becoming the best. And Pete Dunne, when you watch him work, like, you can't... It, like, they're... There, you may argue that some people are better, right? They may be better at this or they may be better at that. And when you look at him and when you, when you look at some of the other guys and that sort of thing, like who's the best, that becomes subjective. But, the, but they're in the discussion, right? Absolutely. And, 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 I've, and, I've, never, and I've never gotten to wrestle. If, God, how can I not wrestle the guys who might be the best, right? <laughs> and I think, you know, and there's this also this idea that wrestling keeps evolving right and people keep getting better and better and there would be some people who would argue that but might say like rick flair is the greatest of all time and yeah rick flair is absolutely fantastic but but wrestling's evolving and different people are doing different things and uh and some of the new guys that are going to be the best are going to do things and be able to tell certain stories and do different things in a way that nobody's ever done before and like when you're on that cusp of like being like an old guy, like I kind of like I, I kind of might already be an old guy, but I'm on the cusp of definitely being an old guy. Like I'm going to be 40 next month and I'm just going to be like, uh, and so then I'm like a real, a real old guy. But when you're on that cusp of being an old guy, it's like, Hey, these young guys who are great at the new style and all that kind of stuff. I want to, I want to do it. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there you go. That's it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I can't wait to send that to Pete Dunn. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to tell him. <laughs> I'm going to get the wheels in motion. But Daniel, thank you so much for your time. I know I've kept you over the way I should have done, but I have no regrets, Daniel. I can't help it. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. No regrets here either. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. The brilliant Daniel Bryan speaking with our very own Alex McCarthy. You're listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in on the Fight Night feed. And hopefully, if this is successful, we'll have a few more coming for you in the not-too-distant future. Before we preview the card for the showcase of the immortals ourselves with simon miller from what culture wrestling the man of the ups and the downs let's hear from the game triple h now in an interview that al did with aj styles last year styles said that the man he wanted to face at wrestlemania was triple h triple h didn't answer that call and so al asked him about it when he got a chance to talk to him this past week a left field question funnily enough because we just spoke about omos who's tagging with aj styles at wrestlemania AJ Styles told me late last year he was pestering you the same way he did The Undertaker for a WrestleMania match, man. And here we are. It's not happened this year. Um, did he pester you with those calls? How, how did you resist? Talk us through it. <laughs> he did. He pestered with me every time I saw him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, would, uh, he would ask me about it and ask me about my schedule. And, I, I, you know, it's been funny as we got closer. But just... It's uh, man. I, I've said this before. Getting ready for WrestleMania is a different thing, and the older you get, the harder it gets. Doing this once a year, once every couple of years, especially now, is, is not an easy task. And um, you know, you try to stay in the best shape you can, but that's not WrestleMania shape. And it's a different thing. So when when he very first came to me, I said, "Man, AJ, I'm not going to tell you no." To be honest with you, personally, I'd love to work with you, and uh, you know. At this point, you could carry me to something. So, um, you know, I, I love it. And so the, the personal side of it, the athlete side of it, the, the, the performer side of it would, would love nothing more. The reality of it is I am not going to have the, the bandwidth or the availability schedule-wise to be able to pull that off. And then he would come to me like every week or every other week when I would see him and say, how's that bandwidth coming, you know? <laughs> You, you, you're going to be able to make this happen. And I would say it's not going to happen, you know, and I, I'm flattered by that and I really am and humbled by it. But um, I wish, I wish I had the bandwidth to do it. And I'm not saying I won't do it in the coming year. Um, if it's right and everybody believes that it's what should be done. I'm at a point where to me, the in-ring stuff is bonus. Uh, you know, it's funny. Flair calls me all the time to tell me you, you, you've got to get back in the ring. You've got to go to WrestleMania. You have to have that closure. You have to do this, you know, whatever retirement match or do all this stuff. And it's, um, there's a part of me that wants to do it. Then there's just a part of me and it's a bigger part right now that just goes, man, I'm, I am so busy 24 seven that you try to even contemplate having to train, uh, the way I would want to train and get in shape and, and, and by in shape, I don't mean look, I mean in shape ring wise. So you don't embarrass yourself when you get in there at 52, you know, um, it's, it's a lot of work. And I, I don't know that I have, I'm not afraid of the work. If I could make more hours in the day, I could find time to do it. It's just, uh, it's just the, the, the time, you know, I'll, I'll hold out hope, Paul. I'll hold out hope. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week. Man. Thank you. Thank you, man. Triple H speaking with our very own Alex McCarthy and Al. Some pretty, you know, strong stuff getting there on the AJ Styles match that never was. Yeah, I mean, my my NXT UK question was robbed 
So <laughs> I decided to pivot. And yeah, obviously, it was interesting as AJ Styles told us, told TalkSport last year about his desire to face Triple H at WrestleMania. And then we saw that him and Omos were challenging New Day for the tag team titles that kind of came out of nowhere. And it was one of those where, in my mind, I was like, oh, did Triple H not pick up the phone? Like, <laughs> Did he not like that idea? Because <laughs> uh, AJ said he had been nagging him the same way he, he nagged Undertaker. And obviously he got his way with The Undertaker and look at the results there. So it was very interesting to hear uh, the decision that Triple H had to go through and his mindset when approaching it. It sounds like he'd really love to do it, right? And I don't know about you, Will. I know that you're hit and miss on Triple H matches. Is that maybe fair? But I would love to see Trips and AJ. I, I, that's one of the last matches for Triple H. I look at the roster and I think, actually, yes, I would very much like to see that. Look, I, I'm a big Triple H fan. I'm just not a big Triple H fan in the last five, six years. I don't, I think that the matches go too long as a general rule. And I think what he's done outside of the ring has been phenomenal for WWE. I definitely see him as maybe the man to take over from Vince when Vince eventually does shift off this mortal coil or choose to retire. <laughs> I, just don't to wa- I just don't want to see... <laughs> 20 minutes of him in the ring with anyone at this point. Like Batista, there was a sensational six minutes in that match and then yeah. 15 minutes of hold moves and lying around and then a finish. That's just not needed at this point. As, as um, Triple H said, though, AJ could carry him to something. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And that's what it would end up being. Look, this is, our, um, this is our WrestleMania preview, but obviously we do have NXT stand and deliver this week. People will be hearing this across the course of the next week, so uh, maybe by the time they hear this, they'll have already watched NXT stand and deliver and we did it quite a big preview on it last week on the show but just pick out two or three matches for me that you're really hyped for yeah I mean obviously last week when we did the preview I didn't know that Pete Dunne was going to be facing Kushida and that is super exciting to me like it's going to be a technical masterclass Uh, it is perfect for Pete Dunne so I can't wait to see how that plays out Volta and Champa has to be the match the match like that could steal the whole week if they are, you know, they go a long time. It's for the NXT United Kingdom Championship. Champa is undoubtedly going to take a hellacious beating from Volta. Who doesn't, right? But it's going to be so emotional and gripping. And, you know, you've got, if the story plays out in such a way, Tim Thatcher straddling the line between his old stable mates and being a friend of Champa. Like, ah, oh, I mean, on night one, to me, I mean, Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez will be great, and I do think Gonzalez gets anointed. But Volta Champa, Dun Kushida, is it for me on night one? And night two, Colin O'Reilly is just going to be unbelievable. Like, mm-hmm. you've obviously seen it before with Ring of Honor and New Japan, you know, or doing the Ring of Honor title match in New Japan. It's going to be awesome. That That is truly going to be something special. The storytelling there, I really hope it ends with babyface Kyle O'Reilly just reveling in his accomplishment. Uh, and you know Adam Cole's the guy to make that happen. And honestly, Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar in a ladder match, that is super intriguing to me. Yeah. Really going to be good. Uh, the action, both of the, I'm a big fan of both of those guys as performers. Um, and when you add a ladder into the mix, I love a big fight feel ladder match, Will. Love it. I, I loved it when Money in the Bank used to be at Mania. So one-on-one, ladder, Who's the real cruiserweight champion? Oh, my God. Like, you know, you look at those matches. It's, it's insane. 
Triple H and a little bit of a build-up and reaction looking forward to NXT Stand and Deliver. If you listen to the show in full, uh, this coming Monday we will do a big review of it and, of course, with our WrestleMania shows this Saturday and Sunday, if you're listening to this when it first comes out, 10pm till midnight, Saturday and Sunday, ahead of the card each night for WrestleMania. Right, let's talk WrestleMania preview then as we are joined, myself and Alex McCarthy, by Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling. We've had Triple H, we've had Daniel Bryan, we've had Drew McIntyre, so let's complete our four horsemen with the wonderful Simon Miller. That's Super Simon! We, we, need to, we can't compare me to Triple H and Drew McIntyre and Daniel Bryan. That's, that's too much, although I'll take it, don't get me wrong. But no, it's a pleasure to be here, especially this is the big week, right? You know, you, you mentioned you keep saying it's WrestleMania week, but if wrestlers can keep pointing at signs, we can keep saying that it's WrestleMania week. So I think we're all yeah. good. And pointing at podcasts, because that's what we can point at now. Exactly. We are a pod. This, this, this will live forever. So if you talk about people dying on this pay-per-view, Simon, <laughs> it won't just be my tweet. It will live on in infamy. I'm all good with it. I'm all good with it. Well, it's glorious to have you on, as always, Simon. It's glorious to have you on on a pay-per-view week to look forward to WrestleMania this coming weekend in Tampa Bay, Florida. We'll be talking NXT a little later in the show with Triple H, but we're all about WrestleMania 37, the main show right now. We've got a really good idea of what the show looks like, what the night splits are going to look like. So let's break it down. Let's talk night one. Yeah, let's let's go night one first. And uh, yeah, we'll do it that way, Will, I think. Do we think the main event is Banks and Bel Air, Simon? I hope so, because I think it just works perfectly, right? For, I know this is a boring theory, but, you know, sometimes the most predictable ways are the correct ways. You know, you have Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley to open, because hopefully they'll get a big reaction, you know, WWE Championship. And then you can close with Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, which is something you should do if you're having two nights of WrestleMania. I think it's, I think it'd be mad not to. The only problem, problem's not fair, the only slight disappointment as I don't think the Sasha Bianca build's been very good. Like, it's not, it's not really much you can sink your teeth into. However, again, the caveat to that is if they go out there and have an absolute banger of a match, which uh, you'd have to imagine they're going to do that, even if they had, you know, their hands tied, tied behind their back. So it will work out in the sense on the night. And I hope they do. I hope they, they main event. I hope Bianca Belair wins. I hope we get that moment. You know, satisfaction, fans back, all that jazz. If they don't, I just think they're wasting an opportunity. Because let's say that it didn't work and it was an absolute disaster. I don't know why that would be. You've got another night. So why wouldn't mm. you take a risk on night one? Yeah, I mean, to me, it seems a no-brainer to have Banks and Belair main event. You know, of course, there's like historical connotations to, you know, to, you know women main event in, in itself is big, but to, you know, women of colour as well, it's a landmark event. And it's not just because of that. These are two very worthy superstars as well. So as you say, if you've got two nights to play with, why not? Why not have them go out and showcase and make Bianca a star? Because I have to believe that's what the end goal is here, is really raising Bianca Belair's stock. And for Bobby Lashley and Drew, I think when you've been Drew, right, and he had his first title reign in front of no fans, right? Held the title twice, no fans. Carried the company extremely well as an inaugural kind of babyface champion throughout the pandemic. The challenger comes out first, traditionally. Let that man come out and get the ovation from the fans. I, I would be all for that. You know, we speak about that a little bit later in the show with Drew. But I, I think that would be kind of special. And for him, when I look at who's on the card, I, I don't think there's anyone maybe more fitting or deserving, I know it's a dirty word in wrestling, over the past year than Drew. So I, I think it all works. I really do. 
I said it to Al the other night. 300 days as champion, two title reigns, 14 title defences, 16 title matches if you include his two wins as well, Simon, and zero fans. Like, the man deserves that pop. Absolutely. And do you remember, I always get my, my dates confused, but when we had Seth Rollins versus Brock, and we started with that, and Seth Rollins came out, and he, he was so amped up by the crowd, he almost knocked himself out just through pure adrenaline alone. I get it can't be to that degree because, you know, you're not going to have that many fans in the building or the venue. But I, I, you just hit the nail on the head. Like, Drew McIntyre, you know, there were certain people that really, you know, stood out during the pandemic era, as we'll call it. And he has been one of them, and he deserves that big ovation. And whoever comes out first is going to get that kind of pop. But hopefully Drew will get it even more because, you know, much like we all th- uh, three feel about him, that's hopefully sort of the, the worldwide mood as well. So... You know, given that we've you know gone to these uh, you know the pains to have this special WrestleMania on SmackDown to get rid of all the pre-show stuff, I, w- I, w- I would be slightly disappointed if anybody else came out first. Yeah, it's got to be true. It's a very good point on 35, by the way, because they spaced that card really well. You know, Seth first. They had the other babyface wins right of Becky and Kofi, but they spaced them really well. Is it going to be a babyface win for Drew, right over Bobby Lashley? Because I feel like maybe it was being set up that way that he would get the big win in front of fans finally. But Bobby Lashley has that kind of momentum now where I actually think I want to see him retain. I want to see a lengthy run for Bobby. I agree with you. I think the problem is everything else we've already talked about. <laughs> you you, you two yeah. are an absolute pair of Judases. How dare you? How dare you not be backing Drew to go and win at Mania no. after all of this? No, I want Drew to win. I do. But I think there yeah. is, you know, the argument when you say it's not... Fair is not the right word because it's wrestling, but there's, there's something in the air that kind of you know, gets in your, your nostrils and your lungs. You're like, I'm not 100% sure I want Bobby Lashley to lose. So what I hope we do is I hope, yeah, Drew gets his win, makes up for last year, and then pushing forward to SummerSlam, let's figure out a way to get it back on Bobby Lashley and then let him dominate then because, I mean, most people say when they have their second world title runs, they feel more confident, they feel, you know, they've got more momentum, etc. So, yeah, I hope they do do something like that. But no, you know, if, I, if somebody gives me the magic pen and says, Simon, who's winning? I'm always going with Drew McIntyre. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, me too. And that's the thing as well. Like, Bobby, I do want him to have that Brock match. And, you know, the, I, I did feel like he was getting really hot. But the Hurt Business breakup, that kind of leads me to believe they still are going in the Drew direction. Like, I, I just don't see that as a long-term foundation to push Bobby forward. I, I think it's, it's fair to say it's universally hated that they've split up the Hurt Business, is it not? Well, even Batista hates it. <laughs> I mean, <even> Batista <laughs> is there you go. Going, That's a this, this is rubbish. I don't get it. I don't get it. Honestly, you know when it's bad, when somebody in the breakup, like Shelton Benjamin obviously went on social media too and said, oh, well, surprise, surprise. That's when you know when someone's at the end of their tether. Where they're like, I don't care whatever the repercussions are going to be. I'm just going to moan about it because it's stupid. It's dumb. Yeah. And also, you could have had Drew beat them all up. That would have been fun, wouldn't it? Strong baby face beats up the, well, they're not really a bad guy group, but that's how they're pitched. It's just, I don't, get, you know, WWE, put people together to break them up. It is so dumb. A ruthless group. Let's call them that. Um Let's turn our attention to it. I'm going to talk about, there, there are a couple of other feature matches here. We've got the Steel Cage match. We've got the Bad Bunny match. But I want to talk about Cesaro against Seth Rollins. Uh, finally, Cesaro getting his first ever singles match in. And if we're going to talk about comparisons between Simon Miller and other members of the WWE roster, he might not be willing to have a Daniel Bryan or he might not be willing to have a, a Triple H. He's definitely got the air of the Cesaros about him, Simon. 
Oh, I, 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 of course. I can't argue that one. And Twitter never lets me forget either. I won't mention the other people that get thrown at me because it's a family show. But um, <laughs> no, the, the cool thing about the Cesaro, Seth Rollins stuff is I completely buy into this rhetoric that the build to this year's WrestleMania has feel a little bit like, oh my gosh, it's here. And I think that's mostly because of Fastlane, you know, you have to book for the, for the show that's coming up. And essentially, you know, Seth versus Cesaro has been, would you like a match? Oh yes, I'd love a match. Okay, excellent. We'll have a match. But because they're such good wrestlers, I don't even care. I can't believe that Cesaro's never had a singles match at WrestleMania. I think that's Criminal. crazy. But it's just, you know, fair play to WWE. They've tied it into the story, so it has given it a little bit more depth. But also, they're just so good. How can this match be anything but absolutely tremendous? And that's why I'm excited about it. So, yeah, you know, nice and simple on the surface. Nothing really to sort of, you know, stick your teeth into. But, you know, eventually Cesaro's going to swing him. You're going to get that fan reaction. I'm kind of hoping Cesaro wins. You know, that's what I'm hoping for this WrestleMania. Just a bunch of satisfying moments and endings and then i think it'll be you know it'll be a good couple of nights but i'm very i think honestly if it all goes well this could easily steal the show over both nights yeah easily i mean you know, listen give them time cesaro and seth rollins are going to deliver something great like it's <laughs> they'd have to go out of their way it, to have a bad match but it, it, it's funny it kind of reminds me of, of seth and, and ko from last year in that if you actually want to go back and look at the pure wrestling it probably was the best match on the card it won't make the headlines but it will be damn entertaining for 20 minutes but, but that's you know Sami Zayn and daniel bryan could have been that and wwe fumbled it terribly last year so i feel like cesaro and seth though with the story can be great this year and it's in a card i mean i like the card but then you've got Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon, Bad Bunny, The Miz, right? They're essentially gimmick matches. I mean, certainly is with Strowman and, and Shane. And we're getting a straight singles with Bad Bunny, although, you know, a celebrity. And The Miz, a still cage match kind of feels like the wrong choice for Braun and Shane to me. I might be in the minority here, but I mean, I know they're going to do some shenanigans and Shane's going to get flung around, probably out. But... I don't know. I, wouldn't it have been better to have just made it chaos? I like the steel cage just because I always enjoy little caveats when it comes to Mania, right? And this is only the second ever steel cage match at WrestleMania. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. But this, look, I'm a positive guy. This has been rubbish. <laughs> this future has been absolutely rubbish. Oh, my word. <laughs> like, you know, I just... I, I like to be able to buy into my wrestling. And if we now have to get upset when someone calls us stupid, man, I'll be having a match every 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, right, yeah, you and I better fight. And it's just, you know, there's nothing really to, to care about. So, and that's the thing, right? I think you can have fun with it. Like you say, Braun chucks him around, he's a big giant. But if it goes more than five minutes, I just think I'm going to start going, well, there's other matches I'm, I'm kind of more looking forward to. And the worst part is, I don't care who wins. Like, if Braun wins, Braun feels like he's perpetually in a state of not moving forward or backwards. Shane McMahon obviously will vanish after WrestleMania for a while. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's one of those that it'd be fine, I'm sure, but I'm not that massively excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I just thought, falls count anywhere, chuck him off something. Thank you. Go home. <laughs> and, uh, wait, it, it, it's going back to Shane and the Miz at 35 when we were talking about 35 early. I know that went a bit longer, but that's because you cool, didn't have did a Braun it? Strowman in the match. Uh, look, th I mean, that's kind of night one. I know we've got the New Day and AJ Styles and almost as well. I, as far as we've talked about that match, they almost won't see a huge amount of in-ring action. The New Day are good enough to sell anything. AJ Styles is good enough to sell anything. So I think that will be nothing short of good, if not they great. They have used but, almost well in the short burst, though, haven't they? Yeah, so I, no, I'm, I'm actually optimistic on what he does. Un there. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. But while night one feels top-heavy, 
Night two feels potentially absolutely stacked. Yeah, and let's start off at the main event. Reigns, Edge, Brian. I, I said it on the show before, Simon. There's been elements of the build for this which have confused me maybe slightly as to maybe Edge's decision-making, etc. But when you've got three great promos, three great performers, three great storytellers, four of you include Paul Heyman in all of that as well, I can't imagine this being anything but great, right? Spot on. I mean, and also, especially going off last week's SmackDown, it's just three psychopaths now. I mean, every single one of them. Is, and they're absolutely crazy, but that's why I love it. Like, when uh, Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns came out in the Jey Uso Daniel Bryan main event, and now Paul Heyman just wheels around a chair. I was like, man, I'm so sports entertained right now. Like, I'm just having, I'm having a wonderful time. <laughs> and I know there's this, you know, this kind of worry, oh, we've only put Daniel Bryan in there, so Edge can pin him to become champ and not pin Roman. Do you know what? Fine by me. Genuinely fine by me, because that tells a great story. Because if Edge does win his championship back that he never lost, that opens up all these doors. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have believed it if you told me Edge was going to be a heel. But now that he is, or at least, you know, tiptoeing that line... He, he can is, almost, he is. He, but well, he is, yeah. But he can almost like throw it in people's faces now, which I actually think he'll do. I think he'll have more fun with it, and I think it will almost add an extra, an extra layer to the narrative. But also, like these guys, Roman Reigns right now is on fire, right? Edge has proven that he hasn't really lost that much at all, and Daniel Bryan is probably the greatest wrestler ever. I'm so excited about this, and I, I'm happy that this will hopefully close WrestleMania because. That's what you want, right? You always want the last thing you see to be the best thing you see. And while there are other matches that absolutely could challenge it, no matter what, this will still be of a level where you go, man, flipping Nora, that was great. Yeah, I'm excited for this above all else. No, you know, Three of my favourite performers ever, You know, certainly in, in the world today, when you're talking about Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns and, and Edge coming back. It's just like the Cinderella story, the fairy tale element for Edge. You know, he went from number one in the Rumble Okay, he won the Rumble to get back the title he never lost. Now he's at WrestleMania. The odds are against him. He's kind of flipped the switch. It's one of those where I just feel like, ah, oh, would WWE have done all of this to not give him the belt? Um, it, ah, I'm having a hard time with my, it. My, my well, answer is yes. My answer is yes, because WWE uh, have a tendency to sometimes do silly things. <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes. Uh, but, I, I mean, my heart is kind of telling me Roman, but I, I just feel like... Edge is probably the way they're going to go here. But either way, the match is going to be amazing. I loved how strong they made Daniel Bryan look on Friday. I also loved the promo Edge did about being the Rated R Superstar again. So everything's ticking along great here. I'm enjoying the build. Enjoy all the men involved. It's just, this is what you hope for at WrestleMania. I saw a lot of people debating, right? Like, oh, that's too convoluted. Why do you need Daniel Bryan in there? You need Daniel Bryan in any match ever. Don't be silly. <laughs> I'd have him in the Nigerian drum fight match for the Intercontinental What is a Nigerian drum fight? <laughs> I need to know. Simon, what is it? I figured it out. I figured it out on ups and downs. All it is, is that WWE has realised that they can, you know, pull a rating with a street fight. But they also know if they keep saying street fight, they're going to run it into the ground. <laughs> so somebody went, well, let's just call it a Nigerian drum fight. And someone went, that sounds great. I have no idea what it is. I have no clue. Absolutely none. Is that I, how I you win? Do you, like do you drum someone? <laughs> I, I was really fearing it was going to be like a, there was going to be a jember on top of a pole or something. But no, <laughs> oh. Maybe it is you just have to hit somebody with a drum. Maybe. I mean, I mean, look, the thing with this feud is that it has got a little bit weird 
because Apollo <laughs> Crews doesn't deserve a shot at all. I don't know why he's allowed a shot. But again, it kind of comes down to my sort of my fandom within the fandom when you start looking to the back scenes, uh, behind the scenes. They're such good wrestlers, and I love both guys so much, and I think they have done some pretty terrific work this year that I'm happy to look past all of that and just go, okay, grandest stage of them all, you know, WrestleMania. I just want them to be given the time and the, the leeway to have the best match they possibly can, even if there's a bunch of drums involved. Like, okay, whatever, whatever we need to do. But ultimately, if you do look at it a little bit more with your critique cat on, you're like, what's going on? This whole thing is truly crazy. Like, uh, I, I, I share the exact opinion almost, right? I love both of them. And... God bless Apollo Crews. <laughs> he is putting his heart and soul into making this character work, despite everybody on Twitter being like, "What the it's hell?" Is better that than, it's better than him just smiling, right? No, it is. Yeah. I, I'm not. I, I'm not. You know, I, I personally like it that he can sink his teeth into something, but he is 0 five <laughs> recently <laughs> in, in IC title matches. And, and alas, he's managed to get one at WrestleMania. Like he has to win. Like if he doesn't win. The whole character is just is had it. Do you know what I mean? Like this is the whole launch pad. This is essentially his match. So like if he doesn't win, it's just gonna be crazy. But at the same time, you know, Big E for life. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Big it, it, yeah. If it vaults Big E into the main Universal Championship picture, maybe or maybe we get a shake up and he heads over to the other side to face Lashley or Drew. I don't know, but. Yeah, I don't want Big E to not be holding the title anymore, but I think you're right. It kills the character. And a little bit like um, that we didn't mention, the fact is if if Brian is in there just to give Edge the pin without hurting Reigns and we then get Edge and Brian in a little program going forwards, fine. Yeah. I'm all right with it. It's not a problem. Um, this feels like a broken record. Not a great build, but I'm expecting great things, Alex McCarthy. The Raw Women's Championship match. Yeah, Asuka and Rhea Ripley, like, if you'd said that to me on paper months ago, I'd have been absolutely excited for it. Of course I would have. Nom, 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 feed it to me now. Yeah, these... (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's how you eat. I mean, this is (laughs) just great that it's two ultra-talented women, and WWE (laughs) have done, like, anything they could. You know, they wanted Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair. Let's not get it twisted. Uh, Asuka is essentially lucky to be in this spot, which is insane. Uh, And then they were going to have Charlotte Flair in this spot, but then we all know the multitude of things that have gone wrong with her over the past couple of weeks, which have now jettisoned Rhea Ripley into this spot where she was originally apparently meant to debut after Mania. So uh, the way it's come about, yeah, not amazing, right? And for some obscure reason, WWE have an obsession with Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler getting involved in world, world title feuds. But either way, I this is one of those where I think like the ends will justify the means. I know the end result is going to be a great match. Uh, hopefully... I mean, I'd li- you, you can't lose because either way, Oscar is going to kind of get to smell her roses and get the moment that her total reign has so sorely lacked, but she does deserve. And Rhea Ripley, this could be the real coming out party, the justification after the loss to Charlotte Flair last year. Then you can go into R- Ripley and Flair after this, you know, Oscar or Freeway, whatever. There are so many possibilities. I'm super excited to see these two go at it. I feel exactly the same as you. And I think Oscar is... Again, vastly underrated. However, the only... I, I, Oscar cannot win this match. <laughs> we have yeah. to... Because, you know, there's one thing that WWE... And I think, you know, probably internally they've, they've talked about this too when you listen to podcasts and whatnot. Is, you know, sometimes they bring people up and they don't turn them into a star quick enough, right? And Rhea Ripley just has star written all over her. 
And to me, Oscar's bulletproof right now anyway, especially because this title run has been a little bit lackluster. It's not like she's been on fire. So if Rhea Ripley can come in the door, get in Oscar's face and then beat her and then be the champion and maybe even hold it till next year's WrestleMania, dare I make, <laughs> dare I make such a claim, straight away, if you don't know who she is, because again, you can look at her and go, well, who the hell is that? And she's winning matches and she's the champion. I mean, it comes back to the, it actually ties into when Oscar first, you know, moved up. And everyone's like, well, they can't continue her undefeated streak. And I was like, why? Yeah. Why not? If you're undefeated, you're awesome. It's as simple as that. So I hope that she just, not, I want a good match. I don't want it like to be like a Daniel Bryan, Sheamus kind of a thing. I'm not saying that, but to Rhea Ripley to get somewhat of a, dominance, not the right word, but finish strong is what I mean. I think you, you've instantly got somebody new in the women's division. And as you rightly pointed out, Alex, we have to stop putting... Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler <laughs> into every single feud. And I think a good way to do that is to have more depth of it. So, yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I'm pulling for real. We, by, by the po- way, we record... Poetic as well. It's poetic <laughs> when you had Belair and Ripley as the final two True. in the Royal yeah. Rumble this year. And it was all like, oh, look, the next stars of the women's division. Well, go ahead and anoint them then. That would be my argument. Go ahead and make them. Classically, we are running low on time and we've still got three big <laughs> matches to talk about. Um, let's do, I mean, look, Riddle versus Seamus. Seamus absolutely deserves this for the work he's done over the last four or five months. Deserves to be put into this picture. I still feel like Riddle has more to do to prove that he deserves to be the champion and be in the spot. But we know that he's ultra talented. So it's an interesting one. I could see Seamus walking away with the belt. I could see Riddle retaining and we talked about Owens and Zayn. I mean, two of the the best wrestlers in terms of chemistry anywhere in the world, on any card, in any promotion. I just kind of hope that they do this match right. Sammy working from under, Kevin on top, and just make a really... Allow them to have that moment on a WrestleMania stage. I've got three predictions here, right? You ready? Um, Sheamus will not win. I, I want to see him win the Intercontinental title at some point, and I don't think he'll win here. Uh, Sammy and Kevin will have a great match, and Kevin Owens is going to stun a Logan Paul. That's a lock, basically. And I think <clears> Randy Orton is, is going to die in some format. <laughs> that is pretty much what Alexa Bliss has promised me, and I'm expecting it. I, f- I feel like you've really stolen Simon's Thunder on uh, The Fiend of Ray Orton. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, nobody can paint the picture like Simon, so please, have at it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with you, apart from I think I would like Seamus to win. I just kind of feel like, I mean, Riddle's character is so all over the place. I don't even know what he is. Whereas I think Seamus needs something after losing to Drew three or four times or whatever it is. Yeah, same with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Just let them do what they've always done. And I, you know, I'm not the biggest Logan Paul fan, but I get it. He brings eyes. And yeah, you, you stole my thing. I mean, <laughs> Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. If, if they come out on Monday and go, it's going to be who, who can set the other person on fire fast this match. I'd be like, okay, yeah, let's just do that. My only big question <laughs> with that is, what, what do you do with Bray Wyatt once you're done here? Does he stay burned? Does he magically get healed? I have no idea, but look. <laughs> There's so many matches. One of them, if you want to have Hocus Pocus and Spooky Gaga, go nuts, man. I'll enjoy it on some sense. There you have it. On podcast, Simon says, Randy Orton, dead. Randy will die, yes. Absolutely, Randy Orton will be dead. (laughs) The brilliant Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling. Check him out at SimonMiller316 on all the socials, etc. And that rounds off the first ever podcast edition of Talk Wrestling, Al, uh, with some brilliant guests and... Now we've just got these two shows this weekend, plus our review show next week, which will be out in podcast form as well. Plus, 
Go to talksport.com forward slash wrestling where you'll find all of Al's articles. And I'm sure there's lots of big stuff planned for Mania Week, Al. There absolutely is going to be a lot of chats coming this week. I know that I'm going to be talking with some NXT stars and Triple H again uh, after Stand and Deliver. So that's going to be something to look out for. And there's going to be some people who are on the WrestleMania card that will feature in next week's podcast without a doubt. Uh, So, yeah, very excited. Thank you guys so much for joining us and supporting us in this first podcast edition of Talk Wrestling. Very excited to bring you more good stuff that we, uh, we've been churning out week upon week here. So, yeah, absolutely our big plans are for You will find out. Tune in Saturday and Sunday and we will have more for you on that. If you're happy to have Talk Wrestling in your Fight Night feed, make sure that you have subscribed to it. Make sure that you leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you use and mention that you specifically listen to the wrestling or let them know on socials at TalkSport2 and at TalkSport as well. You've been listening on the Fight Night feed to Talk Wrestling. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.